Hello everyone, you're listening to the Brunton Bugle, the number one place to get your Cal United fix in the podcast world. I'm Lee Rooney. I'm Dan McLennan. And I'm Mike Booth. United go down to their first defeat since October as a self-destructive five-minute spell cost them a chance of getting points at Northampton. We look back on that defeat against the Cobblers while previewing the upcoming busy Christmas period, including games against Bradford and Crewe. Yep, there you go. Fourth defeat of the season, lads. No, uh, forget forget that. We missed, we, we missed a trick. With it being Christmas and all three of us on, we should have dropped the music out and all sang a line each before all coming in on chorus. Looking good, where Carlisle United. And my throat's struggling enough as it is, as anyone listening to last week's episode will know. And obviously, <laughs> you were struggling a bit then as well. I yeah. was like, Mike's probably not yeah. feeling that great either. I don't think anyone needs to hear us singing, <laughs> not whatever time of year, but there you go. Uh, lads, it, it, it's good to have all three of us on for once, isn't it? Because it's Christmas, mm. get us all together for this episode. Uh, Big bumper preview episode. Um, three wise men. Please, please pass the eggnog to us. <laughs> so steady, steady. I mean, I'm, I, was, I was trying to find a sound effect for our log fire before, so I could play that in the background while we, list, uh, while we were um, recording. But fortunately, I couldn't find one, so uh, you'll have to do it out. Um, yeah, guys, how's it going? Yeah, we um, a little bit downhearted by the result the other night, or was it kind of a case of you know first game in a while that kind of thing? I think it was obvious there was a bit of, you could tell I hadn't played for a while, but at the same time, a silly period. Uh, I think I think we should have had a second. Uh, replays looked on side, but uh, we'll discuss all that shortly. Yeah, we definitely will, won't we? Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, obviously we'll talk about it more in a bit, but we've lost four games now, but on paper, they're not the worst defeats that you could suffer during a season. Yes, but I mean, we'll come to it in a, in a bit, but there, there's a feeling of, are we beating the top teams and can you mm. really have a successful season if you don't do that? that? That's a big question that's sort of hanging over us a little bit at the moment, I suppose, but there you go. Um, right, well, let, let's get right into it. Um, first up, of course, we've got the usual stuff in terms of sponsors and where you can find us on social media and how to subscribe to the podcast. We're very proud to say that once again this season, the podcast has been sponsored by the Cali Knight Sports Club London Branch. The London Badge is open to all Kyanite fans. They've got members from Cornwall to Dundee and Houston, Singapore, and of course, every part of London and the South East. They regularly meet up on away trips, as well as arranging many social events, sports games, and fundraising for the club. They'll be providing us with information for the away games as part of the preview section this season too. You can find out more about the London Branch at their website, carlislelondonbranch.org. Just a reminder also, if you don't already, please do subscribe to the podcast. You can do that on any good podcast app, wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Pocket Casts, any good podcast app. You just search for the Brunton Bugle, um, click subscribe, and then every time a new episode comes out, you will get straight into your inbox. And if you don't already, please do uh, follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, at Brunton Bugle. Uh, same address on Instagram, at Brunton Bugle. Um, if you search for the Brunton Bugle on uh, Facebook and click like, you can follow us there. And uh, yeah, we're also on the Be Just On Fear Not Facebook group, um, which is a fantastic community. Over 3,000 people in there would recommend joining it, definitely. Uh, we're on the Cumberland's.net message board. And you can find us on email, bruntonbugle at gmail.com. 
Right, we're going to get straight into it this week, though. Uh, no news. I don't think there is that done. I don't think we've missed anything. You're usually quite good at spotting uh, off the, stuff. Off the top of my head, no, nothing really. Uh, just one one little mention. Uh, Jim Mitchell, formerly of Kiosk, passed away. Uh, not long after Barry Carter, who was involved with the disabled. Mm. So a uh, bit of a big loss to the Blues fan base with those two passing. Obviously, our thoughts are with the, the relevant families, etc. Absolutely, mm. absolutely. Well, well, well. Remember that one, Dan. Um, so yeah, in terms of the news, uh, sadly, that's the the only bit of news we've got to to bring you mm. this week. Um, loan watch wise, we don't think any of the loanies played. I think all their games were hit by the weather again. So once again, we'll we'll catch up with that one over Christmas. I mean, what we'll have to do in the new year when we do the episode after all the Christmas games have happened is how we're going to review these. I have no idea. <laughs> Because it's going to be a hickle to be the mix of uh, games that players have played. Actually, funny enough, while we're on the loan watch, Dan, you, you spotted something that Paul Simpson actually mentioned, didn't he, in, in one of his recent interviews about Sam Fishburne? Yeah, he's, uh, he mentioned he's on loan for the season. I don't recall that being mentioned previously. I thought it was only a few months originally. Though. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was a few yeah. months, yeah. So I, I wonder if he... I know when they go to that sort of level that we can essentially still use them in reserve games and that sort of thing. So, yeah, you know. No, certainly, uh, good, good, I mean, good luck to Sam. I think it's a good move, actually, to go for the whole season there rather than just be there for a... Yeah, I mean, he'll, he'll, he'll still train through here a couple of times a week. Yeah, exactly. Because right. they, they don't they don't train enough, if you know what I mean. Yeah, mm. exactly, exactly. Right, well, let's get on to it then. Uh, the match review time. Northampton 2, Cal United 1. Ah, uh, what a mad five minutes that was! Mm. <laughs> it just all came crashing down. It, it it was looking so tight at half time, and you know to take that lead not long after the break as well. You think, yes, this is a really good opportunity to get a, a, a big result at a team, you know, and put, put us three points away from third place. It should be said. And then defensively, just went absolutely, absolutely to piss, didn't we? Um, it, it it's a weird one, Mike, isn't it? Because it we, we'd be sort of said this, haven't we? That, when it was rearranged for a couple of few days after, we were sort of like, in one sense, good. You're getting a game in because, you know, we haven't played for so long and it gets a bit of momentum at the very least. But in another sense, would it have been better to maybe wait until the new year to play this game? I, th- I think it was the right decision to have it uh, on the Tuesday. I think going another full week without a game pretty much yeah. would have been even worse for us. Um yeah, I mean, Northampton were a little bit rusty as well, by all accounts, uh, and you know they came out on top. But yeah, I think I think it was the right decision to to play the game last night. Anyway. I mean, when you look at that, Dan, do you think it's a case of this game playing this game actually might benefit us in the long term in terms of going into these Christmas games? Because obviously we're going to come up and talk about the Bradford and Crew and um, Doncaster game shortly. But both Bradford and Crew they haven't played since the start of. Um, December, so it's good. Probably the argument is that going to give us a little bit of an advantage against them. Possibly uh, minutes in the legs, you know, a proper game instead of training games, etc. There is there is yeah. that argument. Uh, I can see why both teams wanted to play on yesterday. We're recording Wednesday for those listening. I can see why, you know, it's uh, mm-hmm. it gets it gets. It out the way, you know. Nobody wants too many games, runs of Saturday, Tuesday. Yeah. But uh, no, it was just you could tell they hadn't played for a while. I mean, if we'd 
if we hadn't played, Boxing Day would have been about 23, 23 days without a game, I think it would have been. Yeah, mm. yeah, it would. Yeah. Which, which is a hell of a long time. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you look back to the 1920 season, COVID and, you know, 2021, those, those sort of things were what knackered us eventually, weren't they? Yeah, exactly. That long period without playing games, which really, really killed that season both those times. Um, so, yeah, uh, Simo had hinted in the build-up to the game, hadn't he, Dan, that there was a potential injury issue in the squad. He didn't want to say who. He, he does that occasion, doesn't he? He sort of says there's an issue in the squad. We'll wait and see what happens with it. And it turns out the issue was... John Mellish, um, he missed out due to an injury and as a result was replaced by Corey Whelan on the left side of the back three. Um, Telly Charles did also come in for uh, Jordan Gibson and um, good to see Joel Senior as well on making his first appearance on the bench since February. I mean, I suppose that's one of the big positives to take from the game that we'll, we'll talk about in a minute, Dan, but losing out Mellish, it's becoming quite obvious how important he is to this team, isn't it? And I make no apologies for keeping on saying this. Whether you think he's a good player or not in this squad, he's essential to the way we play, isn't he? Yeah. Um, it also highlights the need for cover come January in that position. Yeah. We had Duncan Idahan on loan. I don't think he was quite at the level. No disrespect to him. Um, you know, with Idahan gone back, Dickinson out for the season, we've basically got Armour and Mellish who play left-sided. Yeah. We've seen Whelan play, come in and play there a couple of times. I think it's fair to say he's not a left-sided defender. No. You know, he just, he just looks so natural there. I mean, he is the classic sort of utility player, but right-side only plays. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I mean, that's that's, that, that's a, an acceptable way of looking at it right now, Mike. I mean, um, what were your thoughts when you saw John Mellish not in the lineup? Yeah, I mean, I think you said it yourself on Twitter, I think, if he's not playing, I'd rather go four at the back. I think yeah. the three at the back, he is pivotal in that. And if he's not there, I'd rather just go go with a flat back four. Yeah, it might be better for safety first next time, possibly, to do that. Mm. Um, let's talk about the goals then. Um, Jack Armour finally got off the score sheet. Uh, Dan, you've been predicting for a while. Did You didn't predict him for this one, though, did you? I don't think. No, no. No, but you've been, but, you've been uh, no, calling him. And yeah. I, I think I said in one of our chats on WhatsApp, you know, it was uh, it was good to see him get a goal because it's probably the one thing he's deserved up and down that uh, left side all season. Yeah. So no proper. He did score in twenty twenty one. Mhm. But uh, that, was that was that a cup game? No, it was a Barrow, wasn't it? It was a two two. Oh draw yeah, it was Barrow, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. he's got yeah. a two two draw. Barrow, so, yeah. yeah, yeah, right, yeah, exactly yeah. that. But no, it was, it was good to get one and hopefully it leads to a couple more because there's been two or three times where he's, he's just hit it wide or not quite caught it cleanly and it'll give him a, a good boost. Well, it was a good finish and actually it was one of the few genuine sort of good moves we did all game, wasn't it, Mike, in that we... Charters and Armour linked quite well down the left. Armour, the latter, there, um, he put the, the ball into the box and actually on the commentary... James Phillips suggests that it was a miskick from Dennis. I don't think it's a miskick at all. He's just trying to clip the ball into the far corner. And the defender's got a great block in. It comes out initially to Charles, who says he sees his shot blocked. And then uh, Moxon also see his shot block. And it loops up. And Ellis is on side. If you watch back at the clips, it's hard to tell because he's out of shot. But you can tell just from where he picks up the ball and where the other defender was when the shot came in. He's on side and he completely scuffs his sort of 
cross shot across the goal. Mm. I think Dennis gets a slight touch and then Yeah, I think Dennis gets something on it. Yeah. It's a lovely finish from Armour, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and 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 that's what Simo's been on at him to do, hasn't he? You know, to get get them runs in at the far post, and like Dan says before, hopefully it'll just give him that little boost. And he, he, it wouldn't surprise me if he sort of goes on something of a run. I'm not going to say he's going to score three, four games in a in a row, but he might just you know get a few more now and and really kick on. He didn't really lash at it, did he, Danny? He, he just took his time, picked his spot, yeah. and beat the keeper, didn't he? And it would be easy to get all caught up in all the Northampton players trying to claim an offside there and but he just got on with it didn't he and put the ball in the back of the net yeah I, I was just looking as well uh, last night was his 101st game for us mm. you know which which is some going I think he turns 22 towards the end of the season eight probably something like that I think isn't it yeah so by the end of the season 25 games roughly mm. which at that age is a lot more than these lads from academies, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And, and touch wood, you know, we've sort of uh, talked about and been kind of ever present this season, but in generally, he hasn't picked up a lot of injuries you know, in his time with us, which is kind of a key asset to having a player in itself that you don't always think of. No, I think it's probably a blessing as well because we've got no one else to play. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, we should be very, very thankful that he keeps himself fit, shouldn't we? Um, they always say once you score that you're at your most vulnerable, aren't you? And um, yeah, that very much was the case in this game. Um, the equaliser. Now, people might think I'm being a bit picky, you know, picking on Willing a bit here. But look, we we all agree he's a good player. He just doesn't work on the left. And a perfect example of this is when he balled down the right and he he dived in to try and intercept, and he didn't need to, did he? And because he's going on his weaker foot as well. He was always at risk of not getting to it. The lad gets away and Huntington blocks it, goes out for a corner. And from the resulting corner, it's a weird goal, this one, Dan, isn't it? Because it kind of, it's a lofty corner because they'd learned their lesson in the first half and they were trying to put balls into the six-yard box and Holy was just claiming every single ball. What they did is they sort of lofted it a bit further out with an outswinger. Sharing wins the header. And I think Aperere, he goes for it first and doesn't get to it. Another lad goes for it near the line, and Holy can't really go for the ball, can he, in case one of the players touches it? So, Whelan doesn't manage to get an interception, and I think Simo's made a point, hasn't he, that someone should have been getting back onto the post to, mm. to defend it, didn't he? And as a result, it, it just looks a really soft goal, doesn't it, Dan? When when I was watching it, it was almost like it was in slow motion. Yeah. 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 You know, it was, it was like everyone just sort of stopped and went, oh... And the ball just continued moving and everyone went, oh shit, you know. <laughs> and next thing it's in the, bo- the bottom corner. It was it was a strange, strange goal to watch. I've, I've watched it back on the highlights two or three times and I still can't work out what they're all doing. It's kind of like, I, like I said, I, I think Holy thinks someone's going to touch and he's got to be ready to make a save here. It's one of those horrible ones for a goal, isn't it? No, because no one gets a touch, it goes in, it looks very soft. But... It's just it's just a frustrating one to concede, but I think that the 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 winning goal is even more frustrating, though, isn't it? Because it's just we had a warning sign, didn't we, just before this, Mike? In the, yeah. the lads, the um, apologies if I'm, I'm pronouncing this right. I'm not sure. It's, it's a Pire, is it? I'm not sure how you pronounce it. It's a French name, isn't it? He's Scottish lad, Louis Pire, I think it is. And just before that, 
he'd got away down the down the right again, and, and Feeney and Huntington weren't particularly great in terms of their cover. Ellis had to actually come across and try and stop the lad from scoring, um, and he blazed it over the bar mm. directly from that goal kick. Because I I didn't realize until I watched it back. I was like, oh my god, it actually literally was from the goal yeah, kick after yeah. that long ball forward, and they head it back. Feeney nods it down perfectly fine to Huntington. And he just, I don't know what he's trying to do. He just, he leans back and gets absolutely nothing on his back pass. Appearing nicks in, he's through on goal and he's, he, he was always going to score as soon as he did that, wasn't he? Yeah, although at the same time, I mean, you know, Feeney's header, so the ball's coming and Feeney sort of back pedals and then headers it. But I was always taught as a defender, never let the ball bounce. So I kind of feel like Feeney should have got forward and attacked the ball before it bounced. Um... But yeah, I mean, blame Feeney, blame Huntington, blame whoever. It's another terrible goal to concede. It just, it, it's a weird one because Simo didn't really go in on him after the game. And, I, and I'd argue that if you're going to go in on Holy for the mm. goal of Walsall, which was Holy's fault, I don't think anyone denies that, mm. and he made a mistake and misjudgment there, a player of Huntington's experience there, trying to play a back pass like that when a, an attack is that close to you, You'd expect a bit better from him when you're done? I think the difference is with a keeper, it can lay on their mind more. Mm. And I think the holy thing was just to give him a G up. Yeah. Whereas Huntington has played, he's more senior, obviously, five or six years older. Yeah. And I, I, I also, I'm going back to our, one of our chats with him, I mentioned. I sometimes wonder if the little odd mistake Huntington makes is connected to the fact he played so little football last season. Yeah, could, could, you know, I mean, he, I know, he, I know, he played, he played reserve all season, but it's 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 not the same. It's not the same. And I just wonder if even now, you got to remember, he, he didn't join us till late. No, it's he's true. still he's still possibly catching up over the last eighteen months, and I just think occasionally it'll let him down. That's that's probably a fair assessment. To be fair, Dan, um, maybe I've, I'm being a little bit harsh on that. I, I just, to be honest, he knows he's cocked up there, doesn't mm. he? At the end of the day, he, he's he's not daft. He knows that he, 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 he's he'll have held his hand up in the dressing room. You know, he's yeah. That, that's 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 the key thing with that one, isn't it? And um, and yeah, there was a bit of a rally from us. I suppose the subs came on and made a bit of an impact, and we had a few chances. I mean. To be fair, Holy's actually not had that much to do in this game, has he? When you look back at it, Dan, I would yeah. say. I mean, he's not a massive amount of saves to make, whereas up the other end, um, there was there was one chance where Moxon sort of hooked the ball back into the box and James on the radio said that Feeney should have done better. I think Feeney did as much as he could to try and get on it, to be honest. It was a, it was a stretch to get anywhere near it. The, the goal that was disallowed, do we want to cover that one now? I mean... For me, I've watched it back. I've looked at the video. It looks like Huntington's clearly on, on side to me when he nods the ball Paul, down. Paul Simpson said the same in his post-match. And, uh, and, they will, he, and they will have a wider angle to look at for the analytics. Yeah, yeah. He, 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 uh, he said he spoke to the referee and said, look, you know, I, I know you get marked on key, key match incidents, I think they call it. Yeah. And he, and he said, look, as far as I'm concerned, he's on. You've made a mistake. And he's, he's, he's even said to the referee and his team, I'm not suggesting we would have got a draw because of that goal. 
because I haven't got a crystal ball. You know, I, anything yeah. could happen if if it had went to two all. Anything could have happened afterwards. But you know, he said, I, I think you've made a mistake, and he, he thinks he thinks the crowd played the part because the yeah. first goal was onside, yeah. and the crowd have told the lines when it wasn't, and he thinks that's played a part. Yeah, they don't want to make you know. Because after after that first goal, they might be in the back of the mind thinking, "Did we mess up? Was that offside?" Yeah. And the, the last thing they want to do then is give two offside goals in in one game. You know. Yeah, you don't want to give yeah. two borderline ones, do you? That's 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 mm. the big issue there, I think. Um, yeah, but bar that, I think Devitt had a bit of a. I want to, I've called it a tame header, but it wasn't really tame from in some in the sense that he didn't do well with it. He did as much as he could because the ball was spinning up from a Gibson cross and. And that was it, really. But I just, I don't know. I came away from watching this on the iFollow. And I've seen a couple of people saying I was a bit harsh. I, I thought it was a poor performance. Even allowing for the fact that we showed a bit of fight towards the end and we kept it fairly tight first half. I thought we were so sloppy with the ball. There's, there's a few players in that team at the moment who just don't seem capable to keep a hold of it. And, you know, you know, you don't want to name names too much, but I mean, Callum Guy gave the ball the ball away in dangerous situations two or three times. Owen Moxon also lost the ball quite a few times in in good areas. Taylor Charters didn't probably get on the ball as much, although when he did, to be fair, he did create a bit in terms of you know his part in the goal. But I don't know. The, the, this is something we're probably going to cover more when we have the free weekend in January when yeah. we'll sort of do a bit of a review and hopes for the rest of the season. I think the signing of an experienced midfielder is vital to our squad. That's mm. not to diss Guy and Moxon in any way. I just think... I'm they, not need, say they, might com- need a, they might need a rest as much as anything. Cause they yeah, yeah I'm not going to say they're comfortable, mm. but they're basically picked every week if they're fit. Yeah. And I just think a little bit of competition would be helpful. The problem there is you've got someone like Jamie Devitt who could do that, but he's not going to be fit enough to play every single week, is he? Yeah, that's that's, yeah, that's yeah. the challenge there. So you've got to work out how you use him best. But but signing signing like a, a late twenties two hundred and fifty appearance midfield is not going to be cheap in January, no, is it? Not, not going to be that's, easy. That's certainly not. No, no, certainly no, not. Certainly not. I'm sure they'll be looking around, won't we'll, they? We'll we'll cover that sort of thing more in, in early January. Yeah, definitely. Right, well, um, we've actually got a six-second review for the first time in quite a while, actually. I can't remember the last time we had one of these, actually. It's been, been a bit. Um, mm. We were looking enough that Martin Howarth, who's a regular as far as he lives down that way, he was at the game. He sent me in a six-second review. I think it's more of a two-minute review, but I'm, I'm going to let That'll him off. make up for the others. For the fact <laughs> that we haven't got any others this week, we haven't had one for a while. So this is Martin's review of the game. Hi, all. This is my first ever 60-second review, the day after the game at Northampton. Um, I thought the first half was really sloppy. Long quality from both teams. A lot of passes going astray. Underneath players' feet and out for a throw-in, that kind of thing. Um, but the second half soon came alive. Could see Jack Armour get a goal and celebrate from the fans. Um, but yeah, straight away we've switched off. And a really soft equaliser to give away from that corner. A uh, couple of minutes later, mistake from Huntington. And suddenly we're 2-1 down. I think it was six minutes after taking the lead. We've switched off completely. And we find ourselves two and down. Two avoidable goals as well. Um, they should have probably scored in between that. 
uh, Apiri's got away from Ellis in the box and blazed high and wide when he could have probably just slotted it into the bottom corner. So it's six minutes, which has really cost us. But we did come alive again after that. Plenty of intent. I thought Shaw Silver was bright when he came on. The real sour note from the evening is obviously the injury to Edmondson, uh, which I thought could have been avoided. Uh, I don't know why the Northampton player backed into Edmondson as Edmondson's jumped off the floor. That ball was just floating out of play, but he's flipped him and he's he's come down and dislocated his shoulder. And that's really... Disappointing for Edmondson, who I thought has been quite bright when he's got a good run of games, uh, and now he's looking for another spell on the sidelines. Um, it's frustrating because Northampton are a good team, and I thought if we were just a bit sharper, we could have got something out of that last night. A lot of teams will go there and get turned over. They're always either League One or fighting to get back into League One, uh, and ourselves, we got turned over there last year quite easily. Uh, so we've come a long way, and I just thought if we were a bit sharper last night, we probably should have got something out of that. Um, but we're seventh in the league, we're in the playoffs, this time 10 months ago, we're in the relegation zone, so we have come a long way, we've got used to higher standards, um, and yeah, it was a nice easy 10 minute drive home for me, so not all bad. Uh, up the blues. Well the 10 minute drive's the important part there, isn't it really, I think, because we, <laughs> me, me and Mike have done that one before and it's not a 10 minute drive back to Liverpool, I can tell you that much at least. Anyway. No, especially, well, because we, uh, the M6 hall goes cheap after a certain time, doesn't it? Yeah. And so we spent probably about 20 quid on snacks at the services and killed a bit of time to save like a quid on the M6 top. Absolutely stupid that wasn't it. Uh, yeah. Pretty fair assessment there, Dan, I think, from Martin. Um, yeah, he's, just... He's, he's, just, he's just brought up one bit that we haven't mentioned. That was no. the Edmondson injury. And this, this lad's getting no luck this season, is it? Oh, mm. he's, he's been looking so good as well in the last few games. Mm. And actually, in this game, I thought first half, he was one of the few bright sparks. He, he had, I thought when we got the ball to him, he had that right back on toast. He couldn't cope with him because he, he showed that he has got a bit of pace about him, doesn't he, in this game? Mm. And, yeah, the injury. It, it's interesting because mine actually sent me a little bit more afterwards, basically. Um, I'm just going to quickly dig it out in terms of talking about the injury. said, um, refs need to stamp down on players intentionally backing into players once they've jumped. It's intentional. It's not going for the ball and it's dangerous. Edmonton has been badly hurt because of it. Hurricane does it all the time. Worse yet is the offending players normally tricking the ref into getting a free kick themselves. Mm. More da- arguably more dangerous than accidentally leading with the elbow. Uh, and, and that's a straight red. So I, I think that's a, a pretty fair assessment of it. It's, the fact that he didn't even get a booking for it is what annoys me. Because we've now probably lost Edmonton potentially for five to six weeks possibly, haven't we? Mm. You're probably looking end of January, aren't you? Yeah, depending on how bad it is and you know what, where we need an operation or anything like that. But... We've seen, I mean, look at Scott Simons, you know, it happened to him and he's been out for pretty much the first three or four months of the season. Mm-hmm. So if it, potentially you could have an issue here where he might not be back till March. And in which case you think, when's our luck going to end? <laughs> the bad luck going to end? It's, it's, yeah, when I saw it in real time, I thought that's a bit naughty that there's no need to be doing that, especially with the ball going out. But refs don't seem to stamp down how much do they, Mike? No, exactly. And by all accounts, the ref, all in all, didn't have a a great game last night. And I don't like to go on about refs too much. And I'm sure I say that every week and then go on about refs. But the standard this season just seems to be worse than any other season. There was a period at the end of the first half where he was in danger of losing control, wasn't there? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. He was just. He, he He dished a couple of yellows out and he just. 
for a couple of minutes, you're like, what is he doing here? I, yeah. I, I mean, I, I will pick up on Corey Whelan got a yellow for tie waste in the first half. And that, fair play, I actually applaud the ref on this one because I've heard a few people saying, oh, it was ridiculous. I don't know what Whelan was doing. There's claims that he was saying that the Lions woman was in his way, so he couldn't take the phone, but he wasn't really gesturing that way. He was just standing there and waiting, and he just didn't just get on with it, just take the throw in. And especially when you're a centre-back playing slightly out of position, or left-sided centre-back, to get yourself a book in and put yourself in danger of a second mm. one, really, it really wound me up a bit that. It, it winds me up every time I play against book for something stupid like that, but... But there you go. But then he, he did also, to be fair, he did also book the uh, the Northampton keeper for um, refusing to go and fetch the ball. Um, to take it was a strange one, that wasn't it? There was there was no ball boys and no yeah. balls anywhere. Yeah, and he just wouldn't go and get it. Yeah, just, just and go uh, and fetch it. He's just <sighs> brain dead. We we, we had a we, we had a throw in, and they were like, well, you know, I think it was ninety fourth, ninety fifth minute. And it was just the, the, their crowd kept the ball. Referee signals for a ball and no ball appeared for about twenty seconds and you're like taking the piss of it here, lads, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was mad, wasn't it? But there you go. Um some talking points. Um other than that I think we sort of agree but it's a little bit of a leggy performance. I think both to be fair, both managers, I listened to both their post match interviews and they both said the same thing, said, Look, the problem is we've we've not had a game for seventeen days, both teams certainly and John Brady, the North London manager, similar to Sim- Simo, said that we've been struggling to find training grounds during that period as well because you know, we haven't been able to get on AstroTurfs and things like that, even. Um, and it looked that way, didn't it? And, and I think Simo, actually, to be fair, probably summed it perfectly and said the team that made the least mistakes was going to win that game. And mm-hmm. as it was, we made more mistakes in Northampton and got punished mm-hmm. for it. So kind of inevitable, isn't it, really, I suppose, when that happens. Um, looking at some positives... The four subs, I think all of them, or four of them, did quite well, didn't they? Dan, would you say? Yeah, uh, not too bad. Uh, Toby looked bright when he came on. Uh, Jamie Demick, well, we all know what Jamie Demick can do. Uh, yeah. Who else came on again? Uh, Gibson. Gordon Gibson and Stratton. Yeah, Gibson was running about, but you know what you're getting with Stratton, you know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. They certainly uh, pushed their case to be involved. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Toby's in his room. Someone messaged me about this. And they were saying, and I just kind of agree with it, the one. I'd back Toby in those tight situations. You know, he obviously scored the goal, was disallowed. In tight situations like that, you kind of back him to score, don't you, most of the time? He's quite mm-hmm. cool about it. There's no real sort of panic about the way he sort of finishes it. He, he seems to have this little bit of belief, or right, I'm going I'm to dig it out one way or another. So it, it was nice to see him looking a bit sharp, though, because actually after that game against Tranmere in the Cup, the two or three appearances he made after that, he, he didn't really look up to speed, did he? he? He was struggling a bit, so it was nice to see him actually looking like he was back at the level that we know he's capable of, and he's going to have to be, to be honest, because as it stands, we've only got three strikers available, haven't we, until until January. That's Dennis, Stretton, and um, and Toby. So all three of them are going to be fighting for a place, I suppose, over those few games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anything else we want to pick? I mean, I think we've covered most of this, to be honest. I'll talk about the fact that Mellish is a big miss. Um, Edmo injury. Yeah, I think, we've, I think we've pretty much covered it. I don't think there's any point in going over any more ground, really, so I suppose we've... Yeah, we've covered the fact that this is a bit of a disappointment and a bit of a missed opportunity, I suppose, but... I mean, Northampton are a good team. Let's yeah. let's not Let's not forget that and let's not gloss over that. And 
you know, like I sort of touched on before, we've lost four games. One of them's Northampton away. One of them's against top of the league at home. One of them's Stockport away. You know, the other's Stevenage, who are second away. They're not so we've terrible lost games. Top three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you could argue that, but there's there's the fine margins in them games as well, and there's the, oh, if we'd done this or if we hadn't done that, you know, the, it's not like we've been absolutely outclassed and battered, per se. Is, is there a question of the fact that we haven't beat, beaten any of the top six, though? That, that's, I suppose, the question. I know well, they have been tight games, but... Well, we've still got to play them all again, you know, True. so there's an opportunity well, to, to write well, we haven't. We, well, we haven't played bad all yet, have we? No, true. I, I'm, I'm being a little bit facetious there, but top five. I mean, we, yeah, we drew against Swindon, we drew against Mansfield. Two games you could probably argue we should have won, actually, to be fair. But, a, a draw to Mansfield's always a half decent result, too. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I think looking at the table, audience are on 51 points already after 21 games. Which they is mad. S- 16 points ahead of Swindon in fourth with a game less. Audience, barring the collapse of all collapses, are going up. Yeah. Stevenage and Northampton both deserve to be second and third. Yeah. And, you know, you're talking a seven-point gap, and then I'm just looking at the table here. Five points covers fourth to twelfth. So, you know, it's it's one of those. In the coming weeks, you'll win one, you'll jump three or four places. You lose one, you'll probably slip two or three, you know. Mm. The, the thing I've noticed, I'm just looking here, the, the sort of recent forms of teams. Actually, the, of the other teams in the playoffs, we've probably got the best form overall. If you, if you take away that defeat against Northampton, we hadn't lost in the previous five. Whereas Barrow have lost three. If I, yeah, Barrow have lost three, Mansfield lost three, and, and Swindon lost, lost two in that time. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's very, very tight in that playoff fight, isn't it? And the next game coming up that we're going to be talking about in a minute, the Bradford game, does look quite a big game now, doesn't it? Especially as Bradford mm. actually have got a game in hand on us now, thanks to that um, playing that game against um, Northampton, obviously, because their game wasn't played at the weekend. Um, I think that covers it then, lads, doesn't it? I think for that bit for now. Yeah, yeah. Right, we'll move on and uh, take a short break, and then we'll be back to preview the Christmas games. Hi, I'm Owen Moxon, and you're listening to the Brunton Bugle. There we go, Owen Moxon taking us into the second half of the show where we'll be previewing the Bradford City crew and Doncaster games. Um, we basically looked at it and we thought the chances of us getting to record between Christmas and New Year, the state that all three of us will be in, although Mike will be working <laughs> for a lot of it, I know that. Yeah, um, yeah there, was, there was, wasn't there was much chance of us fitting a recording in, so we're, we're going to basically preview these three now. We'll review them all in one go, probably after the New Year as well, and then we've got a couple of special ones coming in the New Year. We'll, we'll fit a few bits in in terms of... Um, Doing a sort of half-season review, I think you suggested there, Dan, wasn't it? I think we're going to look yeah. at doing it potentially. Yeah, I was going to say we could probably review the Christmas and New Year games and then do sort of a review of the first half, preview of the second half. Yeah, yeah, that definitely sounds like a good idea. Um, because we've got three games to look at, we haven't got any behind enemy lines section for this uh, podcast, unfortunately. Um, so we're going to get straight into it. And let's uh, talk about the Bradford game first up, Boxing Day. I love Boxing Day games. Do you, Dan? There's something about them, isn't it? Oh, yes, it's, yeah. it's, it's one of the it's one of the games I really do actually look forward to in the calendar. I mean, it, for one, you're going back home for Christmas, seeing your family if you live away from Cumbria. That is obviously, but we've had some belting games down the years in Boxing Day, or, or nearby to Boxing Day, haven't we? I mean, yeah, it's think, it's, it's well, usually a big crowd. Everyone's you know a bit of Christmas spirit and a couple of pints before, etc. You know, it's. 
you know, when you, good. When you look back, what would, can you think of what your favourite Boxing Day game ever is, or favourite Christmas period game as well, maybe? Well, you can't you can't beat ninety four, ninety five. Yeah, of the in two games in, a, in the space of two days. Two days players don't know they're born, do they? I know, I know. What was it, Hartlepool? What was the Hartlepool score on Boxing Day? I think it was five one off the top of my head. And then what was the score the day after on the twenty seventh against Bury? Three nil. It was three nil. I mean, an eight one. I could go over two days. When, when, when the twelve thousand crowd was really about fifteen plus. It was, it was ridiculous, wasn't it? But there you go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously they're the obvious ones to look back, aren't they? Mike, have you got any particular favourites you can think of Christmas game-wise? Um, we had that one, was it? I think it was the year that we went down. Uh, was that a home one? I can't, I can't even remember, but I seem to remember we were doing absolutely crap at the time and we had, it was either New Year's or, or Boxing Day and we had a, a home game. I've got a massive, massive crowd for it. He's struggling to remember I'll, it now. Yeah, I'll tell, I'll, I'll I think what, it, it would be Hartlepool or Darlow or someone. I think. I think I know which was a good mean. one. Go on, Oldham. Oldham six 0 It was yes. good for for many reasons, <laughs> particularly for John for John Sheridan, who, who clearly was still didn't get didn't get what he wanted for Christmas. Clearly, because he <laughs> yeah. was fuming, wasn't he? After that six yeah. 0 win, but I mean that I mean, that was a bizarre one. I remember he that, didn't yeah. last much longer after that, did he? Sir? No, he was he was clearly on his way out at that point, wasn't he? So uh, so there you go. Um, yeah, so it's it, it's Bradford on a uh, Boxing Day. Um, interesting one to judge this one, isn't it, Dan? Because Bradford have I don't know because they they were second favourites going into this season, but I always felt they were a little bit overhyped in that sense, and actually. I think more. I always felt more realistic for them was to be challenging for a playoff place because Hughes had a bit of a rebuild on his hands. And actually, I think I think they're doing okay this season. I don't know what you think. They're getting there slowly. They've picked up a bit. I think they started quite poorly from them, but they didn't. They? Mm. Had a few dodgy uh, results. They're, in, they're into eighth. I mean, they actually. I'm just looking through the fixtures. It didn't start too bad. And they had they had a good solid uh, September and October. They drew a lot of games. They got into a draw, and they've actually lost the last three. Uh, one of them was Pizza Trophy, so we don't really care about that. But Leighton Audience and Northampton both hammered them in the last two <laughs> league games. Uh, well, I have to yeah. say something. I suppose that's go back to your point, then, Mike. Actually, that they've played two teams there at the top and been hammered. We've played those two teams. We've not really lost in both games, and one of them with the referee was just an absolute clown, wasn't he? And yeah, you know, exactly, ruined the game. So actually, that's that's maybe is that a positive to take into it, Mike? Yeah, maybe. Um, I mean, I think Bradford are a bit like Salford in a way, and that sort of you look at the team on paper before a season, and you think they're going to go up, but then like this year, very much like Salford for me, I was like, do you know what? I, I keep fancying them every year, and they don't quite do it, and. I don't know what it is. I think maybe inconsistent is the word for them this season. Because uh, they've... Yeah, I just... You never know which Bradford City is going to turn up, to be honest. What did you make of their transfer activity in the summer, Dan? Did you, um, were you particularly impressed with some of the signings they made? I mean, they already had a very good striker in Andy Cook. We all knew that. But yeah. in terms of the other players they brought in, it, it wasn't... Wasn't quite the same. I mean, the one that stands out is Richie Smallwood, isn't it? Obviously, that's the one you, yeah, you yeah. straight away look at, isn't it? That you think he's a good signing. Yeah, yeah, Smallwood. A couple, a couple I, I took notice of was uh, Walker from Hearts and 
bags from Crystal Palace. There's, there's a mm. lot thought of uh, Scott Banks, but I don't think he's quite done it just yet. But no, the, the, I mean, they had a massive turnover, didn't they? And mm. I think they released and got rid of about a dozen, and then probably 15 or more came in. So that's probably why it took him a little time to settle, because such a big turnover, you know. Mm. Yeah. Any any that stand out for you, Mike? Uh, well, obviously Harry Chapman, who, <laughs> according to some sources on Twitter, had one hundred percent signed for us, and then <laughs> obviously hadn't. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, Odessina from Hartlepool. He uh, was a massive loss for Hartlepool, um, and Vadain Oliver, who was obviously linked with us under Curl. Every season, uh, pretty much. Every season. Yeah, but he's always like uh, he's always been sort of a big man that can cause teams problems. And I think teams like Bradford haven't always gone down that route of sort of plan B, sort of big striker. They've often been more plan A, let's dominate teams. And if that doesn't work, well, we're a bit snookered kind of thing. He's a useful big nuisance at this level, basically, mm. Oliver, isn't he? That's the kind of player he is. I mean, looking at the squad overall, I'm just having a look for it. I mean, I, I mentioned already, Andy Cook's the obvious one that stands out. You think to yourself, yeah, he's a good good striker. You know, he's going he's gonna to guarantee you 15 goals this season, at the very least, isn't he, if he stays fit? Yeah. And that's the issue with him, staying fit as much as anything. Um, defensively, I'm not. There's no, it doesn't really stand out to me, mate. I mean, Brad Halliday's a decent player at this level. But I'm, I'm not... I'm not that sold on it. In midfield, they've got a couple of decent... I mean, Alex Gilead's an obvious one in midfield in terms of we know about him, don't we? He's ex-blue. But, yeah, I, I feel like they've got a bit of quality in attack. But I look at defence in midfield, Dan, and I'm not that sold on them, really. Yeah, they haven't got that many defenders when you look at the squad, really, have they? I don't know if that's the way that transfer markets list them, because yeah, I take possibly. the deals from there. But, yeah, you're right, it doesn't look like yeah, a huge amount there. Nobody really, really stands out. Um, obviously, the one that'll be familiar is Matty Platt because he was at Barrow for a bit. Yeah, and like uh, Mike said, Odessina. Yeah, but it's yeah, it's a bit meh, isn't it? It's a bit meh. Yeah, it's it's kind of like when when you compare it with some of the teams, like even you know your Orient and you know your Stockport and people like that. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not as sold on them really in terms of that. Um, and they've got ten forwards listed. Which is, I think, some of them are wingers. Yeah, some of them are like wide so. forwards. Yeah, admittedly, but because actually, Alex Gilead was listed as a forward as well. And I put him into the midfield. Uh, okay. midfield these days. It's yeah, a weird one of him in there. Um, but yes, yeah, so it's, it's it's yeah. I, I'm. It's gonna be a tough game. Don't don't doubt that. But I'm, not, I'm just not. Mm, I'm not sold on Bradford this season, to be honest, but I still think they'll be up there and thereabouts for the playoffs. I don't think they'll be a going for automatic now. And that's way out of reach for most teams now, to be honest. But um, but yeah, Andy Cook, let's talk about him. Obviously, he never did anything really with us, unfortunately. You know, it just didn't quite work out for him. He's worked his way back up and built a decent career to him. He's 32 now, isn't he, I think? You kind of forget how old he is, really, because he was, it doesn't seem that long ago he was on our books. But... Um, I'm going to put an absolute mockers on it here now and probably ruin this, but never scored against us. Heads off to bit 365. Yeah, he can thank me for that. Four appearances against us and he hasn't scored. And to be honest, he's looked, he's not looked that great when he's played against us. But I think well, he he's been a bit of lucky. Last season. I know, he's got, I think a couple of times he's got injured, actually. When I think back, oh, he's come on later on as subs. So, 
I'm sure he'll be wanting to impress at some point, especially Greg Abbott will be there potentially in the crowd, possibly as our um, head of recruitment as the guy who let him go, obviously. But I think he, he does. It's interesting because I was speaking to Greg when I was down on the ground doing the interviews a while back, and Greg said he bumped into him when he was down at Bradford, and, and Cookie said to him, to his teammates, best manager I ever worked under him. Because he mm. like he probably worked me and he really helped develop me as a player. You know, he said I wasn't ready to to be a, a, at a professional football club at that point, but he really, really helped me. So he he clearly appreciates that. But um, but there you go. Um, I'll, I'll quickly rattle through all the um the uh, terms of the stats and stuff like before the game as well. Uh, so t- the referee is going to be Adam Herzeg. Um, it is uh, first season as an EFL referee. He's taken charge of 17 games so far this season, handing out 49 yellows and two red cards. Last season, he handed out 56 yellows and no red cards in 15 games. Uh, the last United game he took charge of was the free-free draw against Rochdale earlier this season. We're starting to get referees now where they've already referenced once this season, aren't we? So you'll start to see a few names repeating. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember any particular particular controversy from this game. I think, I think Scott Quigley was the only player booked in that game, actually. So, yeah, this, this, it's always nice that, isn't it, when you get a referee and you don't think he's like, I can't remember anything stupid he's done. Yeah, play, well, there was there was maybe controversy in that, because Dennis's goal, that game, it, it's almost a, did it cross the line, didn't it? And I think it, it did. did, and he gave us it, it. So another referee at this level might not have given that, so True. be True. thankful that he did. They sure did. Uh, head-to-head record, it's the 57th meeting between the two sides. Car, uh, United have won 20, 40 have been draws, and 22 wins for the Bantams. Um, last time out, uh, I think you touched on it before, Dan, they lost 3-0 against Leighton Orient, and they were pretty much battered in this game, weren't they? They didn't put up a huge amount of a fight by all accounts. Um, and yeah, as a result, they find themselves sort of still languishing just outside the playoff place. They've missed an opportunity, because we obviously... Drew that day against Sutton, so they could have actually gone ahead of us if they'd actually won it. So, um, a bit of a disappointment for them. Um, they're currently 13 for the last six games. Form table, record of drawn, drawn, 1-1, loss, loss. Pretty straightforward. That United are eight for a record of one. Drawn, drawn, one, drawn, loss. Um, any other points to pick out? This? I mean, Mark Hughes' boss is an interesting one, isn't he? It turns out he actually applied for the job as well, because I thought he might have been one who'd been headhunted or, you know... Mm. You know, someone, you know, an agent had suggested, oh, he might be interested in like that. But apparently he actually put an application in for it. And seemingly he thought, I could either, you know, carry on being a pundit and doing that for the rest of my life. I could have one more go at being a, a manager and taking a club up the league potentially. And I think, Dan, he deserves a bit of credit, actually. Maybe he doesn't get the credit he deserves for actually putting himself out there and actually going and, and taking on a job and a challenge like that, doesn't he? I think people would be surprised at what managers actually apply for jobs. Even when ours has come up, there's been faint mention previously of if you saw every name that applied, you'd be yeah. surprised, you know, which which suggests that some of these managers just want to manage, you know, and fair play to him for uh, chucking his hat in the ring and he's got it and he's doing all right so far, could, could, could improve as the season goes on. Peter Taylor's an interesting one like that, isn't he? Because I think I saw somebody the other day, he'd taken on his 24th managerial job. I think he's in his 70s now, isn't he? Or something like that. And he, I mean, yeah. he's done the, the the complete rounds of the the non-league circuit in London, especially as well. So fair play to them if they... Has he signed Stuart Green? <laughs> Possibly not, I don't know. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, right, where are we at now? Um, I don't know if anything else to cover in terms of um, Bradford. I think we've got that one sorted yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to do our predictions after each one, I think, so we don't do a massive one at the end. Yeah, go on then. Let's do them first, right? So, um, in terms of the prediction table, I think we're all still on the same row of points because none of us predicted Jack Harmer to score yeah. this game. So, there you go. Um, Dan, do you want to go first? I'm going to go for a 2 1 win with goals from Christian Dennis and. Jordan Gibson against his old team. Oh, he'll enjoy that. He would enjoy that, definitely. Um, Mike, what are you going for? I'm going to go for a 2 0 win, and I'm going to go for Morgan Feeney, and I'll go for Callum Guy as well. Callum Guy isn't a ridiculous shout anymore. It used to be, but it's not anymore. <laughs> it's uh, long ranges, definitely. Mm. Um, I'm going to go for a 2 1 win. And I'm going to go for goals from... Oh, I need to have a think about this. Um, I'm going to go for goals from Toby Show Silver and Jamie Devitt. Why not? That's my former Bradford player that I've picked for, for the goals. It's, it's the law, isn't it, when we play against Bradford? We've got that many of them. You've got to pick one of them, so there you go. Right, let's move on to the next game. Uh, Crew Alexandra. So Crew Alexandra away. This is taking place on Thursday, the 29th of December. Um, you sh- we should know for anyone who is planning to go to this game, it's a 7pm kickoff, not a 7.45. I'm not sure why it's being picked for this time. But, Do you um, know the annoying thing? You can't get back on the train still, despite no. the earlier time. No, it's really annoying that, isn't it, really, of all the things. For me, I mean, it doesn't make it much easier for me either, and I mean, I, mean, I don't live up the road as well. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm slightly put off going to this one, even though it's one of my local ones, because it's £25 to get in. <laughs> to sit um, on that side. Sit on that side as well, with that terrible view, with those seats that are really cramped. Um I'm a bit. Mm. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm on the I'm on the fence about whether I'm actually going to go or not. I probably, you know, I'm like I always say, oh, I don't know if I'm going to go. <laughs> and I end up going, but it, it really did put me off, especially when you consider that you know the, the next game, Doncaster, is fifteen pound each. I mm. don't know if that's some sort of offer they've got on Doncaster for that game. I think it might be, but it's kind of a bit, you know, yeah. it, it's Christmas time for God's sake. Why are crew not thinking about the fact that maybe we should reduce tickets for this game? To be fair, uh, it's the only thing that there is to do in crew, so they really cash in and monetize uh, well, it. Well, what what does the flag say, Mike? What does the flag say? <laughs> Born in crew, living crew, dying crew. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, how depressing. <laughs> yeah, what a cheery place to grow. Um, yeah, crew. So obviously they've come down from uh, League One last season comfortably finished bottom of the table 24th place they were appalling um never ever looked like they were going to stay up from i think they were pretty much in the relegation zone the whole season weren't they that's how bad they were cost david artelli's job um he left and it was the job was taken over by and i can't find his name out um alex morris took on the job he was from their academy i think he'd been assistant to um artel as well for a bit Morris has now left that job, stepped down to become assistant manager. The assistant manager has moved into the interim role in October, in I think it was November, early November. They had the interview process to replace him and uh, Lee Bell got the job, the assistant. And the crew fans are fuming about this (laughs) because... It, it's something they've always done, isn't it, Dan? They've always looked to promote from within. And you, sometimes you've got to applaud that. You have to say you know, it's good that 
you know, with a coach, you know, if you can build yourself up and gain the experience, you've got an opportunity there. But they've been struggling for quite a while. When does it get to a point where them do you think that they have to say, no, we've got to stop promoting coaches from women. We need to get a, a new voice in there, someone different. Yeah, it's 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 sort of the true way, isn't it? You know, it's yeah. They've always been sort of, you know, from the Daddy O'Grady days back in the nineties and what have you. Uh, if you had to ask for a random club to sum up mid-table League Two, crew in it for me. Mm. They just they just crew, and that's. <laughs> not, that's not a slur. It's just mm. they're just crew. They're know. not. They're not bad enough to go down, but no. they're nowhere near good enough to go up. No, no that's no. the problem with them at the moment. Yeah. They, they in this in the summer the, the signings they made in the summer. If you look at the, the, the players they brought in, they're solid. Connor Thomas was someone who had a promising career. Didn't quite work out of injuries, but you know, solid player comes in from. I think solid from but not exceptional is how yeah. I'd sort of describe. Them. I mean, we both know what Kelvin Mellon and Rod McDonald are like when mm. they're on the game. They're, they're generally solid, and McDonald was probably the, be- the the best player on the pitch when we played them early this season in the nil nil draw. You know, he looked he was he looked like he had a point to prove in that game. And the rest of them, you look, yeah. I mean, Courtney Baker-Richardson was a bit early on, looked like a real prospect. I think he's out injured, isn't he? I think he's possibly out for quite a while, actually. Um, but beyond that, you look and you think, they, they rely heavily on the youngsters coming through in their in their academy. Totally understand mm. that. That's, that's their business ethos. That's the way they work. But I think with the way the EPPP is going and stuff like that now these days, it's becoming more of a challenge for clubs like that, isn't it, to, yeah, to keep hold of their players? Especially where they are, you know, crew. I mean, the nearest sort of bigger club, you're probably looking at Stoke. Yeah. You've got all the Birmingham clubs downwards. You've got the Manchester and Merseyside clubs yeah. northwards. <laughs> any any really good footballer coming through at crew is not going to be at Crew's Academy these days. Yeah. They generally go fairly early, you know, and they, and they yeah, don't get as yeah. much money for them. It's probably a bit easier for them to keep hold of them than it is for us because I think they are, a, I don't know if they're a class one still or a class two academy these days, but yeah, they yeah. are a better class of academy than we've got. They they invest some a lot more money into it each year because mm-hmm. they know they're going to get the money back generally from the player sales. And it sounds like it's getting to the point now where those that money is not coming back as quickly. So it would be sad if they ended up having to maybe strip that back a little bit. I hope they don't, but... Yeah, the, it kind of feels like they're similar to us in a, in a sense that they're a club that's a bit listless at the moment. They don't really seem to have a, a long-term plan or ambition, do they? Other than keep the academy going, keep the money coming in from that and, and hope for the best almost, doesn't it? Yeah, I think historically, you know, they're quite a big club. You know, they're almost sort of... I maybe don't want to say sleeping giant, but they've been sort of a solid championship level club in the past, haven't they? Not, not too long ago. They were, they were championship level, Dan might remember better than me, for probably the best part of a decade at least, I think. Because mm-hmm. I, I can remember we played them in, what season would it have been? When we, when we came down, we played them last season. I think they'd only just come down possibly at that point. Um, I'm, I'm just trying to find a list of the Alex under seasons and try and work out how long they were in the championship. Yeah, I think w- when we went up circa sort of oh five oh six ish, I think they'd just come down pretty much. Looking at it here, that so they went up to um, they had I think one, two, three, four, five seasons when they first went up to the first division. 
got relegated but came straight back up in second place uh, promoted then they had another three seasons at that level and then they came down in 06-07 into League One the season we went up into um, into League One and since then they've just they've bobbled between the two divisions they have a few seasons they have like three seasons in League One go up to down to League Two three seasons at that level go up to League One three or four seasons at that level down to League Two mm. Four seasons of League Two, up to League One for a three se- two seasons, and then they're back down at um, League Two level. They, they... It can't be boring, but a crew. <laughs> no, no, I'm sure it's exciting, and you, you know when you when you see these young players coming through as well, it must be really they must feel really proud. But mm. it must get to the point at the moment where they're thinking it's been a bit of it, it goes up and down. It's been if if it doesn't feel like there's that trajectory for them now is there to go back up to League One at the moment. It doesn't feel like mm. there's a plan in place for that. I feel um, crew fans listening might know better than that. Please tweet us and let us know. You know that you fought in it, but um, in terms of their squad, down overall, again, I said it before. There's not really many standout names there, is there? Really, and that's not maybe not in the sense that they're bad players. It's the fact that there's a lot of young players in there that they probably know how good they are in their academy. It's hard for us to judge how good they are. Yeah, I'm uh, just looking through the squad here, and there's. It's not that much stands out. Uh, Chris Long I mean, has got a bit of experience, hasn't he? I think he's been around yeah. for a bit. The, the one that actually stands out to me is the keeper from Arsenal, Oconquo. Yeah. I hope I've said that correctly, because uh, I know he's quite well thought of down at Arsenal. Be good experience for him. He played, did he play but the no, game in front of Park? He looked quite good, I think, since you actually. I think he looked quite a decent keeper, actually. Yeah. This season, yeah, but no, there's you know there was a lot of there was a few familiar names sort of left them in the summer, you know, like to Chris Porter and that, and yeah, they just they just they just reek of six out of ten, don't they? Yeah, like I said, they do, they don't look as bad as like a, a Hartlepool or a Rochdale or something like that. They no, look like no, they've got no, enough no. to see off teams like that, but. They don't have that quality, really. To, and I'll, I'll tell you one thing I've noticed looking at the league and that there's not many goals in their games. No. There, there's a lot of 1-0s, 0-1s, 1-1s. You know, it's, there's, there's not many games where a lot happens. Not not, not quite as bad as Gillingham, who, who are the ultimate <laughs> no. example of a team that just does, does nothing these days. But um, yeah. I'm just trying to dig out Corny Baker Richardson here. And I'm looking, he hasn't played since the game against Barrow at the end of October. And he'd got eight goals and 18 appearances at the start of the season. So that's probably where the problems yeah, come in terms of goals. Help. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember how long he's out for, but it, I mean, having him out for a while, that's going to be a blow. Because I look at the rest of those strikes and I think, where's the goals coming from? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Whereas if it was, you look and you think, well, Edmonton and Dennis are definitely going to get goals. Stretton mm. might chip a couple in. Toby, if he gets fit, he can get a few on the bench. So the, yeah, that's yeah. the difference you notice, isn't it, really? So, so yeah, they, it, is this the game, do you think, we should be really targeting and looking for? Right? This is one we definitely need to get three points off over Christmas? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think so. Because, I mean, you look at the, the Bradford game, you'd admit, I'm not saying you'd take a point, but you'd probably be happy if it was a point in the end and you didn't get beat. Whereas this game, surely one where you look and you think you've got to go there and get a win against them, haven't you? Yeah, for me, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think overall, if we get through these three games still in the playoffs, I think that's uh, you know a bare minimum. I, I'd I'd take that. I'd be happy with that. 
Yeah. Right, well, I'll go for the usual stats and bits before we uh, do the predictions. Um, referee for this one is Andy Haynes. Um, it's his 16th season as EFL referee. He's a well-known name, isn't he, I think, at this level. Yeah. Uh, he's taken charge of 15 games so far this season, handing out 45 yellow cards and two red. Uh, last season, he handed out 96 yellows and one red in 34 games. Uh, the last United game he took charge of was the 2-1 win over AFC Wimbledon earlier this season. Uh, Armour and Menish were both booked for the Blues that day. Um, head-to-head record, 97th meeting between the two sides. They, I mean, they must be up there as maybe one of the top four or five teams that we've played. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think Hartlepool are top, aren't they? And Rochdale are right up there as well. I know that. Yeah. But I don't know how high Oldham and Berry and a few other clubs like that are, but, but they're right up there, aren't they? The crew in terms of the, the amount of times we've played them. Um, 42 wins for United, 15 draws and 39 uh, wins for the Railwaymen. Um, last time out, similar to the Bantams, actually, they last played a game at the start of the month. There was a Friday night game, I think, they played on the 2nd of December. and But again, it was a defeat. They were beaten 2-1 by Newport at home. Um, former Alex player and former Blues player, Alfrande Zanzala, grabbed a late winner in that game. Um, that was his first game back, wasn't it? It was as well. I bet he enjoyed that. Um, crew are currently 14th in the last six games form table. Record of drawn, drawn loss. One one loss. They're very consistent at the very least. Um United uh, we've mentioned what United are before on that. Um don't think there's much else to cover on them. Other than, other than the fact, like I said, that, that their managerial situation. Their fans really were re- I mean they were talking about it when we spoke to their guy for the game earlier this season, but I remember that I sort of checked in and looked on Twitter about it when the managerial change happened. And the feeling was that Bell got the job after the interview process and they were like Look, if you were just going to give him the job on based on how he'd done in, as a caretaker interim, fine, because he got some good results. But don't sort of kid us that you've done an interview process and he's the best candidate that's come out of that. Because mm. you'd think there must be some big managers who would probably have applied for that job. But but there you go. Um, right, predictions for this one then, guys. Um, Mike, you can go first this time. Uh, I'll go for 3-0 for this one. And I'll go for a Dennis Brace. And I'll go for... Uh, Moxon as well. Okay. Dan, what are you going to go for? I was going to say 3 0 too, and I'm going to go for Dennis Armour and Shaw Silver. Oh, okay. I'm going to go 3 0 as well. Um, <laughs> I'm going to put Dennis in there because I don't want to get caught out if he scores and you two pull away. Um, plus, You're I don't. playing do... tactical there, are you? I'm playing tactical, but also I'm remembering oh. the fact that I've got money on him for the uh, top goal scorer in League Two this season, so. <laughs> I need I need him to keep scoring. Um yes, I'll go for Dennis. Um who else? Um Paul Huntington and Oh, who else? Who else? Who else? Um Jordan Gibson to get the other one. Um right, let's move on to the Donny game then. So this is gonna be the uh the game on New Year's Day. Um I think I think this is a three o'clock kickoff, isn't it? Don't think it's one that has had the kickoff move. So, three pm kickoff. Seen anything to suggest otherwise? No, good, good. Uh, on Sunday, the first of January, um, twenty twenty-three. Got to get used to saying that. Um, yeah, Doncaster, Dan. Quite an underwhelming side this season, aren't they? And when we played them, I, did, I can't remember if you were at the game against Doncaster early in the season, but I mean, I was confident going into that game, but I was so disappointed with them. I thought they were really, really poor, and we. We looked comfortable against them, didn't we? Yeah, uh, the start of the season, 
really well, really strongly. The first, I think, the first six games mm. they were right at the top of the table, and they hit a bit of a bad spell, and uh, they've been a bit topsy turvy ever since. Uh, when we played them, I thought they were very, very poor. Uh, worth remembering, Ryan Edmonton missed a penalty late in that game as well. Mm. So Completely it could and should have been. <laughs> Could and should have been four 0 you know. Yeah. Well, could have been uh, more. Yeah, this, I don't know. This, they seem to get a decent result, then follow it up with a bad one. You know, it's it must be frustrating watching them this season. Yeah, well, obviously that win against them uh, earlier this season that cost uh, Gary McSheffrey his job. Um, yes, and I mean there had been talk of you know fans wanting him out well before that as well. To be fair, so probably not a massive surprise. Didn't mess around, though, quite quickly afterwards. They appointed Danny Schofield as his replacement. Uh, he's actually a Doncaster lad. He's never played for them before. So he's come in as manager, having been sacked as Huddersfield manager at the start of the season, I think it was. I think he'd taken over there from the lad who left at the end of last season. Um, and, yeah, he, he seems to have done okay. He's kept them sort of in contention with those playoff places. But, yeah, they didn't mess about in terms of that appointment, did they, really? Dan, it's a bit of a strange one, sort of just going straight in. They clearly had the plan in place, didn't they, to, to, to game? Yeah, I, 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 I don't think it's beyond the realm to suggest that he was certainly sounded out if he was interested, if and when an opportunity would arise. Yeah. Um, in terms of their squad, Mike, um, in terms of, you know, squad overall and players brought in, I mean, Adam Clayton's the name we all know, don't we? We all mm. know what he's capable of. Um, any of us stand out there in terms of People have been brought in. I mean, obviously, we, we probably would have said Lee Tomlin, but he retired, didn't he? Not long after actually signing mm. for them. He's, a, he's actually played in non-league, isn't he? Yeah, really I saw low down. Yeah, I, I saw his scored at the weekend. I can't remember who it was. I think I think basically his knees can't cope anymore, can they? Basically, and that's why he's yeah. you know, it's better playing at the level for him. So, yeah, Mike, what, what's your thoughts in terms of their squad? Um, well, yeah, I mean, Kieran Agard uh, up front. Um, Another one who's been linked with us many times in the past. Yeah, he's been um, around a while, hasn't he? Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, and George Miller is often, you know, quite a nifty little uh, striker. Uh, I mean, on paper, that they, they don't look bad. Mm. I, I think it's maybe just uh, League Two's come as a bit of a culture shock to them this year, and maybe you know, coming down last season, yeah, morale's a bit low, and just sort of struggling to. Struggled a little bit at the start, and you know, then you're sort of chasing, chasing yourself a little bit to try and pick points up again. Hmm. Any of us stand out for you, Dan? I mean, I, I, mean, I, um, well. I mean, Tom Anderson, Roshan Williams, mm. Roshan Williams at the back. He was mm. Man United. I think he went to Shrewsbury. Yeah, he had two or three seasons there. And I, I remember when Don, Donny signed him. I thought that's not a bad signing. You know, it's. Mm. Tom Anderson, yeah. Who remembers <laughs> Tom Anderson's loan at Carlisle? He was quite good, you know. That's funny. It's mm, weird. Played he games for us. Yeah. Compared against yeah. some, he actually played a fair few, didn't he? But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, actually, I look at their midfield and there's a bit of quality in there, you know. Mm. I mean, Tommy Rose is a really good player at this level. Uh, Luke Molyneux, we know what he, you know, he'd done previously at the past at um, Hartlepool. John Taylor as well. Um, ben Close. It, it's... I mean, Harrison Biggins scored a brilliant goal. I think he scored the goal of the month, didn't he, against uh, Grimsby um, for Doncaster the other week, I think, for the League 2 goal of the month. 
there's quality there. I it's just weird that they don't seem to be able to get out of it, of them, do they? It's, I, I think you're right, Mike. I think it might be a case of a cult, almost a culture shock of coming down and not really realising what, what, what a challenge you're going to face at this level, almost. Mm. Sorry, I, I, I should have actually left out the question, shouldn't I? I left out wide open for us there. I, 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 was, I, I was about to speak, but I was like, have you, have you left that for Mike? Or no, I, 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 I didn't let, left it open for no one there. So, sorry, <laughs> listeners. Um, yeah, um, I, I feel like it, I've got a good feeling about this one. I don't know what it is. New Year's Day, potentially a big following with the cheaper tickets. I mean, we've had some good days out at Doncaster, haven't we, Mike? I think you, you've recalled a few of them recently. Yeah, um, one of the best ones. It was a season under Rabbit where we are fighting relegation a bit. Mm. And uh, Liam Noble scored a brace and he was absolutely everywhere that night. And uh, I think one of them took a wild deflection and the other uh, was from outside the box into the top corner. But mm. yeah, you've never been, have you? I don't think. No, it'll be a first visit for me. Um, yeah. first, first visit- I, I've never been at the new ground yet. Mm. Mm. And it opened in 2007. Yeah, it's crazy, well, isn't it? Well, the first know. time we went, we were the first team to win there, weren't we? When Carl Hawley and um, Jeff Smith both scored absolute worldies. Well, they were incredible goals, they were, weren't they? Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what it's like, because I, I've always felt with the keeper, whenever I've seen it on TV, I've looked and thought, that'd be a tidy, you know, put some blue seats in there, that'd be a tidy version for us, wouldn't it, probably? Probably about the right size. Is it 15, 16,000, is it, I think? I've got the number here. Um, today. yeah, fifteen thousand capacity. That's the kind of ground we'd want, Dan. You'd think maybe a similar size, maybe yeah. a few little tweaks here and there to it. I'm just looking. It's only our fourth visit since it opened, which mm. is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. No, it's uh, you know, it's it's a bit out of town. It's a, it's a good walk out of town by all accounts. I think it was it not part of a slight development. I think so, yeah. I think it's like the. Uh, I'm sure there's some sort of leisure complex there or something like yeah, that. It's yeah, it's one of them yeah. retail park out of town and they, jobbies, and they I think. Share it with the rugby club as well, I seem to remember, I think, possibly. Seems to remember. Yes, uh, Don, Donny Rugby player there. Also, Sheffield Eagles have used it for a couple of years. Was that when they knocked down um, the, what do you call it? The, um, yeah, I think Don when Valley. work was on it. Yeah, was work was happening. Also, had a great town played there when they it first did, came yeah. in the league. Yeah, mm. well, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, interesting one, that one. So yeah, it'd be an interesting trip for all of us, I think. Um, like I said, first time first time visit for me and Dan, first time for you, Mike, for a while. Um, it's a weird one because it just, they never seems to fall right when we play against them, but finally got an opportunity to go there. Um We'd be called Inter- off now and moved to a oh, Tuesday yeah, night that you exactly. can't go. Bloody typical. <laughs> um, right, well, I'll go, I'll go through the stats and stuff now before we do our predictions. Referee for this one, Benjamin Speedy from Merseyside. It's his third season as an EFL referee. Uh, this season, he's taken charge of 17 games, uh, 17 yellows and three red cards in them. Uh, last season, handed out 96 yellows and four red cards in 33 games. Uh, the last United game he took charge of was the 2-0 defeat at Stockwell County back in October. I don't recall any particularly controversial decisions in that game, Dan. I think that was no. We, we were just pants, weren't we? Yeah, exactly. It's fair, fair, <laughs> fair, fairly straightforward. That one, I think, it's fair to say. Sixty-seventh um, meeting of the two sides. Um, United have won twenty-five. Uh, Seventeen have been a draw, and uh, Rovers have won twenty-four. Um, last time out, uh, Doncaster actually one of the few teams actually got a game on 
on the weekend of the 10th of December and they'll be pleased they did because they beat Newport 1-0 at Newport as well. Um, Kyle Noyle's goal in the second half was enough to grab all three points for them. Uh, Stats-wise, uh, sorry, in terms of form-wise, um, Rovers are ninth in these last six games, form tables, record of loss 1-1, loss, loss 1. Again, nice and symmetrical, that. Um, yeah, I'm not sure there's a huge amount else to talk about this one. I mean, you'll have been a few times to the old ground as well, Dan, I guess, to the old um, Bellevue. Yeah, yeah, I went to Bellevue. Sadly, the scene of our last game as a league club in mm. May 2004. Uh, a sad day, but... Uh, it wasn't much of a ground, the old ground. It was. Uh, it was weird because they had like planes. those. They had those like executive boxes up behind one of the goals, didn't they? Almost uh, like it was like porter cabins, weren't they? I seem to remember. Um, I remember as well. I didn't go, but I remember people raved about a goal that Roy Delap scored there on the opening day of the season once. I think as well. From, like, yeah, 30, oh, 40, yeah, brilliant. Oh, Red brilliant. hot day as well. That it, yeah, it was it, that all the way end was. Everyone had the tops off. It was that warm. <laughs> Rory Delap absolutely lashed it in. Look it up on YouTube if you haven't seen it. Amazing. Brilliant. Amazing. Right. Um, the days. Do you want to do predictions or want to talk about United and how we think they'll line up and stuff first? Do the predictions first. Right, go on then. Uh, Predictions-wise, uh, I'll go first on this one then. Um, uh, I'm going to go for a 2-0 win. Three wins in the over Christmas. That's what I'm going for. Uh, you 2-0. Sherry already. I know exactly. Well, I'm on the British Andy, as I told you before. And um, <laughs> the two oh, nil. Who am I going to go for goals wise? Uh, goals from. Um, I'm going to go for Joel Senior. I think he'll play one of these games, and I think he'll oh. score. I'm taking a risk with that. Aren't I? And Christian <laughs> Dennis with the other goal. So there you go, Senior and Dennis. That's my my predictions. Uh, Mike, you go next. Uh, I'm going to go for 3-1 uh, and I'm going to go Huntington, uh, Dennis will get one and I'll be a bit controversial as well and I'll go Amari Patrick will get one as well. Ooh, that's a good shout actually because he could oh. be back for that game. You've just that's took good. the wind from my sail. Oh. <laughs> go on Dan. I, I was going to go with a one-all draw and later Amari Patrick equaliser causing limbs in front of the <laughs> hungover travelling blue army oh good shout that one Dan I think um, right well that's the predictions out of the way let's let's talk before we go to the X-Files section a little bit about how we think United might do things over Christmas because normally we just talk about the one game don't we but obviously in this case we're going to have how many games in the space of a few days I'm trying to work this out on the top of my head three. here now so mm. it's three games basically in the space of seven days essentially mm. How how do you manage this one, Dan? Do do you do you mix it up in each game? Do, is there any place you'd look to bring in potentially? Maybe starting with that Bradford game. I think starting at the back, it all depends on John Mellish's fitness. Yeah, I think if Mellish is fit, he obviously slots on the left hand side of the three. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've Jack Ellis has been playing at right wing back. Joel Senior will fancy a bit of match time over the four over the three mm-hmm. games. We might we might see the progression to Senior coming back in for a bit. Uh, midfield, I think Devitt might get a few minutes if he's yeah. if he's holding up. Uh, you know, just take a little bit, 
take a little bit of off moxing guy, you know, reliance yeah. on them. Uh, be interested to see if Sonny Hilton plays in any of these games at any point. Because he's, yeah. he's fit again, isn't he? Yeah, and he wasn't on the bench yeah. on Tuesday. And I, I, I think up front sort of picks itself, really, because De- Dennis pretty much starts. And then you're probably looking at Stretton with Toby off the bench, possibly. Yeah. Uh, but there, there could be a game where he thinks, no, I'll start Toby tonight, you know. Mm. You know, with, with Edmonton likely out. Uh, Patrick possibly coming back to fitness, you know. There's, like like I always say, who'd be a manager? <laughs> mm. Mike, what, what are your thoughts? Well, I think maybe for some of the older players, playing three full 90 minutes in seven days might be a little bit much for them. Uh, your likes of Huntington and... Maybe even Dennis. Uh, I mean, Dennis has played a lot of football so far this season. Uh, for someone who is, well, apparently not match fit when he signed, but if you uh, listen to the interview that you had with him, that was uh, a load Ooh. of nonsense. Um, yeah, so we might rotate players a little bit. I'd imagine that Show Silver is a lot fitter now. Yeah. You'd think, because he's been back in training for, a, I'd say, a good month or so now, hasn't he? I, th- mm. I think I think a lot will depend on the Bradford game. Mm. You know, if if, if yeah. we come out come out the blocks and smash them, you're not going to change that team, are you? No, it's mm. true. So you know the the Bradford result will probably come into it as well. You know, if, if we have a good win, it'd be harsh to change the winning team. Although at the same time, if we are smashing them, you know, it would maybe make sense to take a player off with twenty thirty minutes to go and oh, definitely, rest definitely. him ahead of the other yeah. two games. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I think you, you're pretty fair with your assessments there. Um, Defensively-wise, I don't think I would take any risks in terms of dropping Huntington for any of these games. I think he's smart enough to manage himself through the games. I think he... I, I agree with you, Dan. It, it massively depends on Melish's fitness. That, that's, mm. that's the first question we've got to ask. Is he going to be fit? Is his knee going to be, be fine for those games? But... I I I, agree you. I think I'd try and start to ease senior into the team, and this is not a slight. I'm, I'm just, Jack, go on, I'm, sorry. sorry, I'm just thinking with Mellish. If he got whacked on the knee against Sutton, you're talking nearly three weeks ago, so it must have been a good whack mm-hmm. to make him miss a game two and a half weeks later. Yeah, so we've you know, probably been quite lucky. Those you're games not talking off, a bruise. <laughs> you know, you're talking a good whack. So it'd be interesting yeah. to see when he is fit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd look to try and ease senior into the team. This is not a slight on Ellis. He's done a fantastic job filling in at the right back position, right wing back position. And you know, I think he, I think he's got a big future with us. I just think Joel Senior is going to offer you that bit more width and a bit more getting forward to yeah. support the attackers. And I think we could do with that at the moment. And I think I think we've got to try and work our way into getting him as your first choice right wing back by mid January, mid to late January, basically. That, that's what I'd like to see us try and do, because I think he could really offer us something. Um, into midfield, I, I agree with you, Dan. I, I think Devitt. I would start. I wouldn't start Devitt against Bradford. I don't think I'd start him against Crew. Obviously, it depends on, like you said, the result against Bradford. But I feel like Crew's a game where a bit of a smaller, tighter pitch, a good technical player who can pick out a pass. I'd, I'd have him in for that game definitely. I feel he can cause problems in in, in there. Um, and like I said, in attack, I think. Yeah, Dennis picks himself at the moment. But I'd, I'd probably start Toby against Bradford. I think a big nuisance like that causing a few problems mm. 
would disturb their defence a little bit. And then you just bring Jack on a bit later on to, to run at them as well. So we've got options. It's funny that we've, we've mentioned all this and I don't think any of us have mentioned Jordan Gibson really in terms of do you bring him in or not? I think Charles has done... I thought he was okay the other night. Obviously he was involved in the goal, but probably not as involved as he should have been. And I do wonder maybe if, if Edmondson particularly is going to be out as well, we could do with someone in there giving us a bit of whiff, maybe somebody who's going to stretch them a little bit more. And that's where Gibson could come in maybe, I suppose. I mean, I think maybe if, you know, if Mellish isn't fit and if we hopefully go four at the back, um, rather than see wheeling that left centre-back slot, we could maybe go four four two with Gibson sort of right mid and Charters out on the left. Yeah. I, I feel like four three three is going to work better. I think you can dominate that midfield a little bit more. Yeah, but but it's uh, yeah, it's it's, it's a be a manager like Dan says. Yes, indeed, indeed. Right, I think that's covered in terms of United um, fitness and who's going to be playing and stuff like that. So let's move on to the X file section, Dan. And there's a few in here, and I think it's going to start to increase over the next few weeks. You know, as the game starts to come back and you know the World Cup being over and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, not too many. Uh, the weekend, Naki Wells scored for Bristol City in the 2-1 home defeat to Stoke. Uh, Gary Medine scored in Blackpool's one all draw at his former club, Cardiff. He'll have enjoyed that, won't he? Because he didn't do very well. Yeah, I, I, think, I think he had a little bit of ag in the game, possibly with uh, Penny NG, who <laughs> Carlisle fans don't like. So. Good luck. Uh, Sam, Sam Cosgrove found the net for Plymouth Argyle in their 2-1 win over Morecambe. And Callum Higginbottom netted from the spot in Kelty Hearts' 2-1 win at Queen of the South. Uh, midweek, a couple of FA Trophy goals. Big Byron Webster scored in Bromley's 2-all draw at Bath, uh, but they then got beat on penalties 5-4. Mm. A lot of these games were postponed from the weekend. Yeah. And uh, Nathan Thomas scored a brace for York in a 5-0 win over Blythe. And those were his first goals since his hat-trick for Carlisle against Forest Green nearly three years ago. It's astonishing, isn't it, really? Yeah. yeah he, he, I mean, we talk about players having rotten luck with injuries. He's had some real rotten luck, hasn't he? So yeah, it's nice yeah. to see him back out there. I mean, he's still only 28. I can't believe it when I looked up. I thought he must be like pushing about 30 now. 28 years old. So he's still got a chance, you know, to, to, to build a decent career, you'd hope. And I suppose for him, the big thing for him is probably looking to January and thinking... Okay, if I've done well here at York, can I get myself a move? And no, this is not me suggesting that we go for him. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, hey, he's he's a good player, and you know, he, he offers something different. But I, I think he he'd probably be looking maybe at another national league club potentially, maybe a Wrexham or something like that might come in for him. You never know. But um, I don't know. I mean, I reckon Hartlepool might be interested. Uh, he started off so. there, I think, didn't he? So yeah, it's been one of the things. Maybe he's not fussed about going back there, but. Mm. But you never know, do you? But there you go. Um, I think that's it, guys, isn't it? Mm. Bit of a bumper-long episode in terms of previewing the, the games coming up. But um, yeah, thanks once again to our sponsors, the London Branch, uh, for their support this season. Uh, in terms of upcoming episodes, you're going to get a Christmas Eve treat. I'm going to drop the uh, John Halpin interview that day. It's all sorted. I've been basically waiting for my friend to get better to actually record the intro bit. So that's now in a good position. So uh, I will... Get that recorded and we'll have it lined up to come out to you Christmas Eve morning. So you've got a nice little treat to listen to when you go into the match on Boxing Day. Um, and as we mentioned before, Dan, I think we're going to look and do a, something a little bit different in the new year, aren't we, maybe? And we'll um, we'll look to basically, we'll, we'll, we'll review the games that have been played over Christmas. But then we'll do a nice little sort of 
2022 review, basically looking back at what's happened over the season. And um, yeah, we'll get a few, try and get all three of us on if we can. Maybe get some guests on as well to talk about it, and we'll uh, look back how things have gone over the over the a crazy year, really, isn't it? I think it's fair to say. Mm, that's that's certainly one word of uh, of describing it. I know uh, John Coleman had his little word thing. He asked fans to need yeah. to use one word to describe the past uh, season. <laughs> no. I wonder I wonder what word Regan used on that one. Yeah. Um we all know, we all know, don't we? <laughs> um lads, I think that'll cover it all. Uh thanks so much for joining me. Uh, and up the blues. Cheers. Up the blues. Up the blues and Merry Christmas all. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.